T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, the homestand began with the Red Sox playing an inferior team, Toronto, and Chris Sale on the mound. Things went poorly early, then late the Red Sox figured it out. They scored seven runs to emerge with a win. History looked to repeat itself to close the homestand. The Red Sox playing an inferior team, Chicago, Chris Sale on the mound. Things went poorly early, and late the Red Sox figured it out and scored seven runs. But they did not get a win this time. Matt Barnes gave up the goods in the ninth, and the White Sox steal one back 8-7. to seven. A big loss for Boston before they boarded the plane for Great Britain. You guys tired of this blowing leads thing lately? I am. Let's talk about it. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Not the stuff of duck boat parades, I understand. The bullpen inferno roaring hot on Wednesday. Matt Barnes blowing his sixth save of the year. And I guess we got to start with that. Josh Lewin with you. And yeah, it's going to be super fun, super interesting going off to London. But you certainly didn't want to go there off a 3-3 and homestand against low-hanging fruit. And I'm sorry, but even though the Blue Jays and White Sox have some talented young players in their lineups, they are not even Steven with the Boston Red Sox. I mean, you know, last year at this time, the Red Sox at the 37 loss point already had 88 wins. So they entered this game at 44 and 37. Lost 37 a year ago didn't happen until August 19th. That was two games into the Patriots preseason schedule. So we all know it's a different year. A lot of different things are happening, including Chris Sale struggling in first innings. I guess we should probably start there. Sale against Rinaldo Lopez, a guy that had the highest ERA in the majors among qualifying starters coming in. And he's matched up against Sale, who usually against the White Sox, his old organization is amazing. Came in with the number three whip in the American League, third most strikeouts. But he hasn't won in what is now his last 12 regular season starts at Fenway. Only the sixth Red Sox pitcher to have that happen to him. Eduardo Rodriguez early in his Red Sox career, the late Frank Castillo in the early 2000s, and Pete Shurek had it happen to him. A guy looked like Kramer from, uh, from Seinfeld, Pete Shurek, good guy, but uh, had that 12-game stretch just like Sale. Chris Sale ends up striking out 10. He always strikes out 10. That is 10 times his year he has struck out 10 or more. But he gave up five runs, three of them in a seemingly interminable top of the first inning. 34 pitches. And it was 36 pitches in the first inning last time out against Toronto. Jose Abreu, kind of a sign of things to come later in the day, had an RBI double. There was a hit batsman in the inning. John Jay was able to punch one in the right field for an RBI. The Federalist helping to make it 3-0. Red Sox coming back, though, in the bottom of the first. J.D. Martinez over the monster. Two-run home run, his 17th of the year, jumped on a changeup. Lopez at that point, 22 home runs allowed in 86 innings. And there are some amazing numbers all around baseball this year. 
Pitcher's given up the big fly. Drew Smiley of the Rangers just got released. 19 home runs allowed in 51 innings. Dan Straley, who was jumped on by the Red Sox not too long ago, had given up 22 in 75 innings. But Lopez kind of settled in after that. The White Sox tacked on two more in the top of the third. Another home run involved here was James McCann. And another run later in the inning on a slow roller. That Ryan Cordell hit to third base. Michael Chavis stretching at first base had his back to the plate and never did notice that John Jay was just coming hot around third. He came all the way in to score. And that was a gift run to make it 5-2. to two. Red Sox came back. They cut it to 5-3 to three on a wild pitch in the bottom of the third. Devers scored. And Devers has been unreal. He's got three more hits in this game. You also had two from Bogarts, two from Martinez, two from Bradley, two from Chavis. So that part of the batting order, two through six, 11 hits in the game. You'd think that would be enough. But 5-3 uh, to three, Chicago leading into the seventh. They would tack on a run with the White Sox. Jose Abreu again. One out RBI hit this time against Marcus Walden. Red Sox chipping back got one in the bottom of the seventh inning. J.D. Martinez, RBI double. So a three RBI game for J.D. He was playing left field. And he's looked pretty good in left field last couple days. Andrew Benintendi getting a rest because of what Alex Cora says are heavy legs, meaning he's just kind of banged up and tired. But anyway, uh, you've got J.D. getting him back in it. You're still feeling okay. It's the White Sox bullpen we're talking about here. And the Red Sox on getaway days have been amazing. They're 12-1, and or at least they were, in their last 13 getaway days. And this was a big getaway because you're getting on a plane to London when it's over. So 5-4 to four into the eighth inning. White Sox cannot add to the lead with Stephen Wright finally getting back to action. It was great to see Stephen, and he becomes the 24th pitcher used already by the Red Sox. That's one more than they used all of last year. Stephen's not eligible for the postseason because of that PED ban, and that's still kind of an awkward thing to talk about. But he'll be needed because his ERA as a reliever last year was 2.68. There's a lot of guys on this team being counted on that don't have an ERA of 2.68 out of that bullpen. In the bottom of the eighth, it was an opportunity for the Red Sox to rally, and they did. With one out, Eduardo Nunez with a single. And then Brock Holt asked to pinch hit, bad hamstring and all. Little bloop down the right field line. John Jay couldn't find it in the sun. It drops. It is a second and third one-out situation. And with a thin bench, Brian Johnson asked to pinch run. Yeah, you got the Bogarts with a big opportunity. Second and third, do you walk them? They could have. Xander 8-for-17 lifetime against Colomay coming in to try to close it out early. But, well, they pitched to Bogarts, and they paid the price. Two RBI single right up the middle. So the Red Sox toggle on top. They finally get the lead at 7-6. to six. But could they hold the lead was the question. They asked Matt Barnes to do that, being asked to be the fourth different Red Sox reliever, last four save opportunities to actually get a save. On zero days rest, it has just not worked for Barnes. An 11.42 ERA now when he does not have a day of rest. Luray Garcia led off with a slap single in a left, but then was caught stealing. Might have been a busted hit and run. Xander Bogarts, a tremendous tag on the throw down by Sandy Leon. But then Yolmer Sanchez, who wasn't even supposed to be in the game. Yoan Moncada was hurt way back in the first inning. So Sanchez was up, and he stroked a single in a right. That set up Abreu, the big, beefy first baseman, Already with two runs batted in. And this was a 10-pitch showdown. Matt Barnes, a lot of fastballs, just couldn't finish him off. There were six foul balls, and finally on the 10th pitch of the A-B, a crushed 401-foot home run to kind of crush the spirit of everybody at Fenway. Josh Taylor came on to get a couple strikeouts, but by then, Chicago had gone up 8-2. 
to seven, and you're staring down the barrel of a three and three homestand, which I'm sorry is just not acceptable against this level of competition. So a chance to still save it in the bottom of the ninth. Jackie Bradley Jr. leadoff walk against Colome, who looked a little shaky. Michael Chavis, a big swing, but he got it off the end of the bat, not a walk off. He flies out to center. And then a line drive to second base from Christian Vasquez. That's out number two. Nunez, a hard shot on one hop to second base, taken care of by Sanchez, and that's your ball game. So even though the Red Sox outhit the White Sox 15-12, to 12, they cannot get it done. And uh, they had won the last five against Chicago, outscoring them 42-14. to 14. It's just not happening right now. Every time you think the Red Sox are ready to go on a big push, the bullpen implodes. That is the fourth time that they have lost a game when leading after eight. It happened only once in the regular season all of last year. Alex Cora asked to talk about all of that, and we'll uh, hear from him and then talk about the trip to London and a little more about the bullpen, too, after we hear from AC. I mean, um, he was a guy today. Um, we got some guys that would be used a lot. Steven did a good job in the eighth, and uh, we like the matchups there. You know, and you know, fastball up, they got a hit. We got we throw him out at second, then the breaking ball. Sanchez so put a good swing, and then that was a good a good battle, but just misfired with the fastball down. You know, bro was covering the pitch up and the breaking ball down. You know, and uh, he got a good pitch. Um, we'll see. You know, I, I mean, we got two days off, and then we got the off day on uh, when is it Monday? So I know usage is there, but everybody's being used a lot. So um, we just got to get the uh, the job done. Uh, on zero days rest, Matt has over you know a ten ERA. What do you kind of make of that, and and how do you? you know, I mean, this and you know, we've been playing a lot of close games, and we've been using a lot of people, you know. And uh, today, um, you know, Chris gave us six. Obviously, it wasn't perfect, and uh, you know we we got the lead in the eighth, and he was a guy you know we needed today, and it just didn't happen. Alex, how much of a missed opportunity does this homestand feel like? You're very close to being five and one instead of three and three. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the last two homestands we had uh, some hiccups. Uh, even um, even before that, on the Cleveland game, there was a, a game in Cleveland, Texas, and now this one. And you now we've been talking about dominating at home. We have to do that, you know. And now uh, we we having chances to to start piling up wins at home, and we haven't done it. So we, we sometimes we don't start the game fast, and uh, and there's others that we haven't finished. And, and like I've been saying all along, we, we just need to get better all around, you know, just uh, offensively, defensively, running the bases, pitching, everything. You know, we, we for us to get to where we're planning on going, we, we have to step it up. This is the, I think, second straight start from Chris where he needed 36 pitches to get through the first. But what are you seeing early from him in his starts? Um, I think we made some adjustments throughout the game. Um, but sometimes it's not having the stuff. Others it's like game planning, and it looked like they were, you know, hitting his soft stuff early in the game. And uh, there was uh, a few innings there, like the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, there were a lot of fastballs and a lot of bad swings. So you know, sometimes it's not about the stuff that he has. It's, you got to give credit to them. But we made an adjustment. Late, maybe late, but uh, it seems like when he started throwing his fastball a lot, uh, it kind of like got off, uh, they, they got off their plan. Considering kind of the flight ahead, 10 pitch at bat, that comeback, is this one especially deflating? Um, we're about to see. You know, um, Obviously, we wanted to finish the, the homestand in a strong, <clears throat> in a good way. You know, we came back, we put some good at bats, so we just didn't finish the game. Um, you know, we, um, 
I don't like to use the world used to to this, you know. Uh, but we've been, you know, the, the game in Minnesota, we we bounce back, then we struggle against Toronto. We'll see how we how we show, you know, how we do in London. When you just said that you want to get better all around at this point in the season, how do you do that? What do you want to focus on? Um, everything. Yeah, we just got to work out, work, keep working, keep getting better. You know, pay attention to detail. We've been talking about this in say one in Seattle. Pay attention to details. Uh, run the bases better. You know, put better at bats, finish the hitters. You know, it's all around. You know, I think the word inconsistency has you know been following us the whole season, and uh, we we just have to be, uh, get better. If it makes you feel any better, thank you very much from Alex Cora. You know, we talk about the relief pitching situation. The, the most alarming stat to me of 2019. The better bullpen ERA, Red Sox or Yankees, believe it or not, it's the Red Sox. But that's just kind of cosmetics because when leading after seven, the Red Sox, well, we've talked about it. They've already got seven losses this year. Tampa Bay, zero in that situation. New York, only one. And that right there is how the division is kind of falling right now. And across baseball, again, it's not just a Boston problem. It's a baseball problem. Because for half a century now, relief pitchers have pretty much always had a lower ERA than starters. But that's not true this year anymore. Managers are going to bullpens earlier and earlier. And as the use of openers grow, workload is catching up to bullpens. Relievers have a higher ERA than starters for the first time since 1969. The bullpen ERA this year is the second worst in the last 70 years. Only 2,000 was worse. And it's getting worse as the workload piles up. This is all across baseball. And, and you know, if you want to be mad at the, the Red Sox and Matt Barnes, I understand. But there's a lot of other teams going through the same thing right now. Off to London. Let's talk about that. There will be Take Me Out to the Ball Game sung in the 7th, Sweet Caroline sung in the 8th, hot dog and beer vendors walking the aisles. And even though it's a Red Sox home game or two, the grounds crew has been taught the Yankee Stadium version of YMCA for when they dragged the infield after the 3rd. Major League Baseball is pulling, uh, pulling out a lot of stops here. The freeze will come in from SunTrust Park in Atlanta to chase down some unsuspecting English fan in the race along the warning track. There will be explanations of certain plays on the, the loudspeaker. They're going to spell out runs, hits, and errors on the scoreboard because nobody understands what R, H, and E means, let alone MV for mound visits. Fans don't even know you can keep foul balls yet because you certainly can't do that in cricket. But uh, anyway, they're going to have a big fan fest over there at the old Truman Brewery, which is a very popular destination, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're heading there now. We will have a report for you when the weekend is over. We'll uh, have a Sunday night into Monday podcast for you to recap all that happened. And not for nothing, it's a big series because it's against the Yankees. you got to find a way to, to catch up to New York, and here's two games that are technically home games, but all the way across in the U.K. The Red Sox are 20-20. and 20 at home this year. And that is not something you expected either. All right, we're getting ready for the Union Jack flag. We are jumping on a plane and getting on out of here. The Red Sox fall to 44 and 38 with a very disappointing loss to the not-so-good Chicago White Sox. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Josh Lewin. It's called Sox Daily. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 